Hello, I'm Richard Pyatt, and this is Legally Speaking. A driver's license is one of those basic and important parts of living in our society. But imagine having that privilege taken away. That happens to thousands of Utahns every year when their driver's license is revoked. There are several different ways that that can happen to people, but when it comes to suspending or revoking a license, the Utah Attorney General's office represents the driver's license division's legal work surrounding this drastic step. These actions are frequently aimed at people who flaunt the law in one way or the other so badly that they find themselves at a dead end. Our Assistant Attorney General Rebecca Waldron is one of the attorneys who handles these cases for the state of Utah, and she's here to give us an idea of how the process works. Thanks for joining us today, Rebecca. So Good morning. Give us a little bit of an idea of what uh, your job is like. The Driver's License Division revokes driver's licenses because of, we presume, egregious behavior in the, this case, the instance of DUIs. But what are some of the other reasons that a driver's license can be revoked? Well, first of all, your license can be revoked by the driver's license division if you're convicted of certain crimes, and it's just an automatic. It'd be DUIs, drug crimes. Uh, there's a whole f slew of uh, different crimes that if you're con convicted of those, it's an automatic, and there's really nothing you can do about that. There's another side of it where you're not convicted of a crime, but because of the legislature of the state of Utah, the driver's license division can take administrative action and suspend or revoke your license. Uh, and there's numerous uh, reasons that can happen. Uh, DUIs, uh, accidents uh, that cause uh, death, fatalities, a bunch of others. Now, I represent driver's license division uh, when uh, an individual's license has been suspended or revoked by the driver's license division, and then they appeal it to district court. So I can explain the procedure uh, that someone can go through in making sure their rights, they're given their rights uh, before their license is uh, suspended or revoked. So you're giving, so you're giving them a little bit of a, you're, you're, you're making sure that the law is being followed, essentially is what you're saying. Well, basically, I just want to give people some help on what to do if you're arrested for DUI. Sure. So when you're arrested for DUI, uh, you will get, uh, a summons and citation based on that DUI arrest. Uh, the top part will be regarding the criminal aspect. The lower portion of the document is the administrative process. And it tells you that the driver's license division intends to suspend or revoke your license. It also gives you information on how to get a hearing before uh, the driver's license division. And that is very important because you have to request a hearing within 10 days of your arrest. If you don't do that, then it stops. <laughs> does, it, it, does it become automatic then at that point? It doesn't come out, become automatic, but pretty much automatic. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then your right to appeal and all of that is greatly restricted. So once you have a hearing, uh, and the driver's, li the driver's license division may or may not decide to take your license. If they decide to take your license, you can appeal that suspension or revocation to the district court. Uh, it's called a petition for judicial review, and you have 30 days from your suspension date to appeal it to district court. Uh, you know, people do do it on their own, but I would strongly suggest that you get an attorney because it can be very complicated. Uh, once it comes to district court, that's the point in time I represent driver's license division, and we go through a little trial, 
and the district court, the judge, decides whether or not to uphold or uh, set aside that suspension. Uh, are there a lot of these cases? We, I mentioned earlier that there's thousands of DUIs um, uh, every year. There's different avenues for revocations. It sounds like you guys are busy. We are busy. It, with me, it, there's a, over 10,000 DUI arrests a year. Uh, of those, I'm not really sure of the how many of those are suspended or revoked. Uh, but once that happens, then I get the ones that are appealed. And at my all-time high, I've been doing this for a lot of years, I would get yeah. 300, 350 appeal cases a year. Now it's, it's down because the legislature has given an individual ways to have a limited license. For years, you never were able to have a limited license. Uh, now, that's why I say you need to get an attorney, because it's very complicated. Uh, but you can ask to be ignition interlock restricted, and you get your license back. But there's a lot of rules and hoops you have to jump through to get that. So there are ways that people can recover, if you will, from uh, from the trouble that they've gotten themselves in. In other words, keep their keep their license in some fashion, or uh, is it pretty uh, is it pretty much a one way street once they once they enter into that area? Well, I can only say with regard to the DUIs. Last year, the legislature drafted uh, some legislation that allowed individuals to choose to have an ignition interlock device installed on their car instead of being revoked or suspended. Uh, there's also ways to you know, go into a 24-7 program and get an ignition interlock device and in lieu of suspension. So, do you have uh, do you have memories of cases that are that are that are especially um, stand out in your mind somehow? Like somebody that uh, makes your they're making their own case, or they're making your case for you a little bit. Well, yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, I've had cases that have been appealed, and they're fighting their driver's license revocation or suspension. And they had a breath alcohol content of like two five. Wow. Uh, and the the biggest issues we have is when a, someone's arrested for DUI, they're asked to take a chemical test, and they refuse to take that test. Now, if you refuse to take the test, your license can be revoked either for 18 months or three years if you've had a previous DUI within 10 years. That's a long period of time. Sure and is. So most of my cases are individuals saying, well, I didn't refuse. And that's when they come to me. Uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, is when you sign to get your license, you've impliedly consented to take the chemical test if you're arrested for DUI. You have a right to withdraw that, that consent, uh, but there are ramifications if you do. Most, the biggest one is your license rev revoked for 18 months, uh, and it's big. Yeah. So um, 
these this this is sort of a, obviously your position wouldn't exist if this wasn't an important function to the attorney general's office. How do you see your job as it folds into the into the larger system in the end goal being keeping our roads safe, keeping people on the on the right track when it comes to traveling uh, through Utah safely. Well, that is the purpose of these driver's license division statute. The legislature actually enacted a statute saying the per the purpose of these statutes is for the safety of the public. We don't want individuals driving on our roadways that are intoxicated, whether it's by alcohol or by drugs. Uh, that's very important. And that's what these DUI laws are aimed to do, is to make our highways safe. And, and that is why, also by statute, is if you refuse the chemical tests, your license will be revoked for a longer period of time than if you had taken the test and it showed you were a DUI. Do you think a lot of people realize that, though? I think if, if I were to not take the chemical test, I would somehow think that I was um, saving myself somehow or not providing evidence, uh, not incriminating myself or something <laughs> Well, there's like all that. sorts of reasons why people do uh, decide not to do it. I mean, I can't speculate. The, what's important is once you're asked to take a test, you must immediately agree to take that test. Or revocation is, I mean, or refusal is presumed. Is it the same with the uh, walking the line and tilting your head back and doing the dexterity exercises, or is that like a different area of the law? That is, that is a, what an officer does to investigate whether or not you are impaired, whether or not you're violating our DUI statutes. Now, that's one of the things I have, when I have my case before the uh, district court, it is, and I represent the driver's license division, it is our my burden to show that the arresting officer had reasonable grounds to arrest for DUI, that uh, you were given all of the chemical test admonitions, and either you had a breath alcohol or a blood alcohol level above the O5, or you refused. And that what's really important, we must show that your due process rights, uh, you were given your due process rights, which is notice of the driver's license division intent to suspend or revoke, along with basic information on how to obtain a hearing. Uh, so that's what's important. And the field sobriety tests are important to determine whether or not the officer had reasonable grounds to arrest for DUI, or in a, on the criminal concept, on the criminal side of it, is whether or not an officer had probable cause to arrest. So, if uh, if a person's in that situation, can they sir, can they just cut to the chase and say, "I just want to take the chemical test. I don't want to do all. I don't want to do this dance." Well, I, I don't know how much I can get into that. People have done all sorts of stuff. Uh, an officer will try to do all of the field sobriety tests. Um, I can't really talk about or recommend that an individual do one thing or another. Sure, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't want to give people advice about how to get out of a DUI. Uh, 
No, I, but, I, yeah, that I cannot do. <laughs> I know. Once once you're in that difficult situation, though, um, and, and it's gotten to the point where your driver's license is affected one way or the other, suspended, revoked, limited, if you've got restrictions, some kind of a, you know, some kind of a device on your car, um, does it take a while for that to all sort of go away? Does it ever go away, or what's the what's the process about gaining some kind of redemption and uh, and getting back to the status that you enjoyed before the process started? Well, the suspensions and revocations. <laughs> They stay on your, well, they're always on your history, but on your certified driving record, they stay on for 10 years. So let's say we've got a DUI arrest in, well, this year, uh, let's say January of 2024. And then 10 years later, and you've been really, really, really good, 10 years later, let's say in December of what it would be 2034, Three, you got a DUI, another DUI. Your period of suspension would be two years instead of 90, 120 days. Or if you refused, it would be three years instead of 18 months. Because you have a record. Yes, because you've had two within 10 years. Gotcha. Uh, so if you can stay clean for 10 years, then you go back to square one. So how long have you been doing this particular area of law a little too long uh probably from a since about 2000 2000 okay as you mentioned earlier that there are different avenues now and the number of uh your number of cases has dropped because of various avenues that, that have been created by the legislature how in general terms how has your job changed over the years since the year 2000 is is the number of cases different is the uh the arguments are they changing somehow or are there different um are, are there different ways that your job has changed well the biggest way um that it's changed is now is that we now have videos of uh, dash cam. It started out with dash cams, uh, and now there's body cams. The officers are wearing body cameras. That's changed the most, and I think that's one of the reasons we have fewer cases. When I first started, it was a he said, she said. You know, the officer would write his police reporting, said, well, this is what happened, and then you get a driver saying, no, no, that's not what happened. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't, you know, total. And that would be the type of case we would have. Now, we have a video that shows everything, and it shows the, the, the admonitions. It shows an individual responding to that admonitions. Uh, so in a, the case of a refusal, uh, it shows a field sobriety test. It shows the entire interaction. So I think that's one of the main reasons my caseload is dropping. Interesting. Mm. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I guess if a picture is worth a thousand words, right? That's correct. And a stumbling uh, person on the street is pretty much making your case for you. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Rebecca, this has been very enlightening. I appreciate you joining me uh, for Legally Speaking. Well, Thanks thank for you joining us. And uh, I hope not to see you in court. <laughs> That'll do it for us. We'll talk to you next time on Legally Speaking. <laughs>